Welcome to the Be Body Empowered podcast. I am your host and functional nutrition and lifestyle practitioner, Jessica Vargas. This podcast was inspired by a passion to empower highly ambitious women in realizing their full potential to step into a powerful and thriving lifestyle through mastering their own health. It is my intention with each episode to educate and inspire you to take bite-sized steps to improve your well-being, reverse chronic illness, and create self-advocacy one body system at a time. When a woman feels good in and about her body, her potential is limitless and the ripple effects expand beyond imagination. Thanks for listening and enjoy the episode. Hey there, welcome back to the podcast. I have a great topic for today. It is about breakfast. And is it important to eat breakfast? What about coffee before breakfast? Probably one of the biggest questions I get asked. And one of the most frequent areas that I see my clients and uh, potential clients not doing, meaning they're not eating breakfast and or they are starting their day with coffee. So let's just first jump into a narrative that may resonate with you. You wake up. Well, Maybe you don't wake up. Maybe you hit snooze a dozen times. Then you wake up and realize you're now late. So you start to rush. The anxiety builds. You're checking your emails. You're realizing that the day is already piling up on you. You're getting the kids' lunches prepared. You're making them breakfast. You're shoving them around, telling them to get dressed. Basically, I'm describing my house in the morning. (laughs) You maybe leave, if you're lucky, with a traveling coffee. Otherwise, you're stopping on the way once the kids have been dropped off at your favorite Starbucks to get your favorite hot drink. Once you get to the office, you chill, okay? You're chill. You're like, I got my coffee. Maybe the anxiety sets in a little bit, but for you, you see it as maybe helping you to be more productive. You seem like you're focused, you got this, and then 10.30, 11.30 rolls around and you start to feel those massive hunger pains. You had every intention to eat a healthy salad with your protein and your iced tea, but when you get to the lunch spot, you are so hungry, all caution just goes out the window. You order the fries, you order the tacos, you order the Diet Coke, you're in that, I didn't have anything for breakfast, I'm going to just eat whatever I want for lunch. Probably overindulge. By three o'clock, you're exhausted. You're looking for that other coffee. You go to the coffee room, or maybe if you're, you know, working from home, you make yourself a second cup, um, and that helps you at least get to the point where it's time to pick up the kids. You go, you pick up the kids. Um, you're feeling exhausted. The kids want to play. The kids want to eat something after school. You have more work to do. And then by the time you have dinner, you race through that, you eat more than you wanted to, the kids finally are in bed, and the munchies start. You want the cookies, you want the chocolate, maybe that second glass of wine. Um, You end up going to bed, sleep all over again, you wake up not feeling refreshed, and it's like Groundhog's Day. I can't see your hands, but show of hands of does this resonate with you or at least parts of these stories resonate with you. And really at the end of the day, my view when it comes to what's happening here is definitely something to do with not eating in the morning. And I'll tell you why. Okay. Breakfast is literally the time when you actually break your fast. 
This is a time where the, the slate is clean, the canvas is blank. And if you start your day with nothing, or maybe a granola bar, or bagels, or maybe you are lucky enough to get something down you, but it's not necessarily the most macronutrient balanced meal, you are sending those signals into the body and it does set the tone for the day. So in my view and in my practice and what I've seen in clinical success, is breakfast important? It is not just important, it is critical, especially during the heal phase. And what I mean by heal phase is if you are dealing with anything chronic, okay, if you are dealing with anything chronic like blood pressure issues, low thyroid issues, um, you know, bad PMS, bad, um, bad periods in general, high cholesterol issues, um, pre-diabetes, um, you know, any type of irritable bowel issues, autoimmunity, IBS, weight loss resistance. If you are dealing with anything that's just persistent, even if it doesn't necessarily take over your entire life, but it's there, it's gnawing at you, it's niggling at you, it's definitely affecting your life on a day-to-day -day basis, but you've kind of grown to not accept it, but just live with it, right? This is when you are in a heal phase, meaning the ideal of maybe being able to wait until 12 o'clock to eat like we once were able to when we were in our 20s, or if your hormones are absolutely balanced and you do not have any digestive issues and you are uh, trying out an intermittent fasting lifestyle, this is the non-heal phase. Those are the ideal phases when the body is working and firing in all cylinders and there's really no issues going on. Your, your hormones are balanced, your immune system's great. Your digestive system is firing on all cylinders, your cardiovascular system, your metabolic system, everything's working great. The sad truth is um, one out of three Americans, one out of three human beings on this continent are pre-diabetic, okay? Only about 12% of the population is metabolically healthy, okay? And so for the most part, majority of humans, I would say, are in the heal phase. They're definitely not in the ideal phase. So breakfast would be critical. And why it's so critical is because you want to make sure that your blood sugar is regulated as soon as you wake up. So ideally your fasting blood sugar falls between 70 on the low end, uh, which is not normal necessarily for a lot of people, but it's still considered healthy, to about 89. Okay, and I'm talking in milligrams per deciliter. You can do the conversion to international units if you are, of course, outside of the U.S. You want that to be your optimal baseline. Now, if you're in the 90s, it's it's not functionally optimal. Pathologically, your doctors will tell you it's totally fine. But once you get out of that functional range, that that 90 to 100, or we'll say 90, 90 to 99, when you're in that 90 to 99 range, you are inching towards prediabetes. You're inching towards metabolic unwell, okay? So it's like a warning light. If you saw a warning light on your dash that maybe flickered once or twice a week, would you ignore it? You might probably for the first few times. You might not even realize it's on or coming on. But eventually you would realize that that's a problem and you can either consider investigating the problem and, and fixing it or ignoring it until the light just stays on, right? And when the light just stays on, that's when you've hit that pre-diabetic and maybe even diabetic stage, depending on, you know, the severity of what you're dealing with. So critical for blood sugar regulation. 
And, you know, the reasons why I hear most women aren't eating breakfast, number one, I would say the number one reason is because they're just not hungry. Jessica, I'm just not hungry, right? So why would I eat if I'm not hungry? And for the small, you know, for a small percentage of people, that may be the right approach, again, depending on other statuses in the body. And I'll speak to what those are. One being adrenal status, okay? The other reason I hear women are not having breakfast in the morning is because they don't have time. And you know how I feel about the excuse of no time? It's the same thing that I think our grandparents told us is um, everybody, what is it? Is it excuses or like, excuse my French, assholes? Everyone has one. (laughs) Did your grandparents tell you that? Because I heard that from my grandpa all the time. Time, having no time is an illusion. Uh, Time is not renewable. So I'll give you that. You can't get more time. I'll give you that. But you can prioritize your time. Um, And so if you are having a very chaotic morning, those are very, they're, they're annoying, but those are opportunities to see where optimization can take place, right? Those are those warning lights. So I'll save, you know, how to start a morning routine for another podcast. But in reality, you could look at your day and um, and really be honest with yourself with, are you really overwhelmed with all that you have to do? Are you being as efficient as possible? Are there ways you can delegate to ask for support if you do have someone in the home helping you? Um, if you don't, I get it. I grew up with a, a mom who was a single parent. And so I know that some things are having to be prioritized and others are not so much. Um, but you can make it work. You can make it work. Um, and these are the things that I do help my clients figure out. Oftentimes we're trying to do things perfectly and we're overcomplicating the situation. It doesn't have to be as hard. Um, in many aspects, things don't have to be as hard. Um, and so those are personalized, individualized issues that we would definitely peel back the onion if we were to work together. But time is is a great excuse because it's refutable. Uh, it's irrefutable, but it's truly a bullshit excuse. Not being hungry on the other end um, physiologically, I understand if you're not hungry, why would you eat? And especially if you've been a woman who has dieted her whole life, most women are trained that the least amount of food you eat, the better your weight's going to be. Here's the problem with that. There's two branches of metabolic issues. There's damage, which is you've dieted and yo-yo dieted a lot and your your metabolism is quote unquote damaged. I don't really like the word damaged, but it just, it just means that your body is in safety mode more than it's in relaxed mode. So it's going to hold on to excess amount of fat more because it's in more of like a famine state. It thinks it's starving. Okay. And you can understand if you're restrictive dieting often that you have, you have downregulated your body's ability to burn because it thinks it's going to hit another famine state. So you have damage. The other branch of metabolic health is dysfunction. And that's where the insulin resistance comes in, where you have blood sugar dysregulation that has turned into a chronic issue. And so not being hungry could live in the damaged state more than likely. It could also live in the digestive state. So when you have chronically low um, stomach acid levels, your body's smart. 
If you don't have enough acid in your stomach to help break down the food that's on its way, it's going to downregulate hunger, kind of like when you're in a fight or flight, which is similar to having low stomach acid. Low stomach acid is absolutely linked to a high amount of perceived stress. When when you have a lot of stress that's unmanaged, it's going to downregulate digestion because you don't need to be digesting if you're running away from a bear. Problem is we're not running away from bears. We are just overly scheduled women who want it all and are too damn stubborn to find some balance in their lives because we're worried if we don't go full throttle all day long that we're going to somehow miss out on our dreams or we're not going to get the success that we think that we need or deserve or want or in the time frame we're looking to do it in. So, you know, having digestive um, roadblocks like low stomach acid or uh, low digestive enzyme um, status or, um, you know, other issues going on from a digestive perspective, we'd have to do an assessment there. That's absolutely going to affect your desire for food, especially in the morning. So, uh, and those are all things that we we get into. Um, I would say 90% of the women that I work with initially don't eat breakfast. Or if they are eating breakfast, it's not breakfast that's going to be conducive to proper blood sugar balance. And I would say about 100% of these women I'm working with definitely start with coffee, okay? And I get it. There's nothing better in the morning when the world is quiet, the kids are not going haywire yet, the emails aren't necessarily flooding completely in, although if you're anything like me, I work with a lot of a lot of people in Asia, so I do wake up to a lot of emails, but I'm not looking at my phone first thing in the morning. Um, there's nothing better than that. Just amazing cup of coffee quietly, even if you're trying to get outside and get some fresh morning sunlight, right? Like it's, it's beautiful thing. Here's the problem. If you are in the heel phase, if your adrenal status is, is poor, right? If you're in any type of adrenal fatigue, um, if you have anxiety, if you have trouble sleeping, um, coffee before breakfast is not helping. In fact, it's actually going to cause more problems, and I'll speak to those in a little bit. So, I but I get it. I, I get why it's hard to let go of the first thing in the morning coffee because it feels like a beautiful ritual. Ritual, and that's what it, all it is. It's not necessarily the coffee, although I know a lot of people really love the taste of coffee, and that's fine. But it's more about the ritual. <laughs> You'll laugh at this, or maybe you won't. But I, I was never a smoker. I never smoked cigarettes. I think I tried a few times in college to feel cool, and I just I couldn't do it. Um, I was never, I could never get the inhale part, right? But there was something about being out with friends, drinking in college and holding the cigarette, right? Like it made you feel cool. And of course, that's part of the allure of these habits is not just the habit itself, but the prep of the habit, the holding of the cup, the holding of the cigarette, right? Um, And so sometimes it's not necessarily the contents of what's in the cup, but it's just that quiet time. It's a ritual. You're holding it. You're in the moment. And, you know, let's be real. The kids wake up pretty quickly once that first moment happens. And then your beautiful moment's gone because it's time to get things going. So it's not, it's not necessarily about what's in the cup. Like I said, it's more about the moment and, and you gotta, those are those times to ask yourself, like, what am I really looking for? I'm looking for peace. I'm looking for quiet. I'm looking for uh, something that, that fills my cup up, pun intended. So, um, let's get back to, you know, why breakfast is important. So if you are dealing with things like exhaustion, like all day exhaustion, or maybe you have decent energy in the morning, but it literally just tanks you after lunch, that 3, 2 p.m. slump, 
right? You just, you, you want the coffee or you need something sweet. There's definitely this moment in that afternoon time frame between afternoon and maybe kid pickup or on the way home or dinner, dinner prep. You want something sweet. It's, you know, it's like it's necessary or maybe it's that second cup of Nespresso, right? Cravings after a meal. I mentioned weight loss resistance. You're working out, you're eating healthy-ish or you're eating relatively healthy and you can't drop the weight. You feel inflamed, puffy. Um, the scale just will not move. It's just not working for you, right? Irritability, like you want to bite your coworkers' heads off. Your, you know, your husband texts you, asks you to do something and you think to yourself, yeah, let me just add it to my ever-growing to-do list. Like your first response is usually bitchy or snappy. Um, you're just irritable in general and, and not because your period's coming within 10 days, but you just feel like on edge, okay? You got hanger and everybody knows what hanger is. It's angry hunger. You know, when it comes to eating, maybe you skip through breakfast, you get all the way to lunch, but your friends are like, where are we going? And you're like, I don't give a shit where we're going. We're just going. Like, get food in my stomach. I'm pissed. I'm annoyed. People know that maybe you get irritable with with uh, when it's time to eat. You feel like you need to snack often, or maybe you do graze often. Maybe you not, uh, subconsciously or um, unconsciously you do. You can't go more than four hours. Maybe even five. I mean, five is gold standard. But if you can't go more than four hours between meals, that's a problem. You're noticing that your motivation, your lack of brain power, your brain fog, it's just not great. Um, you know, maybe it's fine in the morning with that first cup of joe, but then after lunch, you're just like, everything's a blur. Maybe mood-wise, um, motivation-wise, you feel like the world is kind of gray, not great. Like you're not really overly happy about anything. You're not really overly sad about anything. You're kind of just feel numb and indifferent, right? These are all signs that you're having issues and and the base of those issues are blood sugar dysregulation okay and then of course there's more pathological issues like high blood pressure low thyroid hypothyroidism um, autoimmune thyroid uh, like Hashimoto's periods are bad your PMS 10 days 14 days before your period you're a raging bitch or all you want to do is just eat all the chocolate and snacky foods maybe you have high cholesterol um, I'm sure I'm missing some things. Pre-diabetes, diabetes, obviously, um, metabolic syndrome. These are all signs that you have an underlying blood sugar dysfunction. Okay. And why, if you if you are new to my world, um, I talk about this a lot. Blood sugar, insulin is the base of your hormone pyramid. If blood sugar is at all dysregulated, it's going to dysregulate your cortisol, it's going to dysregulate your thyroid, and it's going to dysregulate your sex hormones, those estrogen, testosterone, progesterone, DHEA, those types of hormones, it's going to affect them negatively. And yes, there's a bidirectional um, relationship, meaning if thyroid is low, it's going to affect the blood sugar. If cortisol is high, it's going to affect the blood sugar. But um, at the very minimum, I believe you can manipulate your blood sugar a lot faster and easier than trying to manipulate your thyroid or trying to manipulate cortisol, okay? Because we eat multiple times a day, every single day, I believe that it's one of the easiest strings to pull immediately that's going to have a huge impact, which is why I start all my clients working on blood sugar. And when I say blood sugar, I don't mean testing through a CGM or a glucose meter. I'm just talking basics of blood sugar. We always start with the basics because why would you go to something more um, more intricate, like testing your blood sugar with the meter if the basics worked, right? I'm always about simplicity with my protocols with my clients. What is the simplest, easiest, shortest steps to success? If we can make huge impact with just a few steps, um, 
Why would we want to make it more complicated? And oftentimes we don't know how many steps it's going to take until we're in, in partnership because we pay heed to how the body reacts. So if you're having any of these issues, it's time for a change, okay? And breakfast can definitely be an area where you can make some real great change and impact very, very, very soon. So why are those symptoms happening now? And this is a, a, a hallmark of working with me and what you probably see on, if you visited through my Instagram or even listened to any of my other episodes in my podcast, is I like to give you the why. Because we have lived in a world where everyone says, eat breakfast within an hour of waking. Okay, great. Um, don't eat seed oils. Okay, great. Don't do this. Walk, walk after eating. Um, you know, meditate, right? So those are all great. It's all telling us what to do. Um, I find that when someone tells me what to do, um, I want to know why, like, like convince me. Okay. And so I'm going to list out some of the reasons, maybe it's not exhaustive, but some of the reasons, probably the most common reasons I see in practice, why this is happening. Why do you feel like dirt? Yes, it's blood sugar related, but blood sugar, like I said, is at the base of it. Blood sugar instigates other chronic issues going on in the body. So number one is hormonal havoc. Okay. Um, you were talking about the insulin hormone, which is directly related to blood sugar, cortisol, ghrelin, your hunger hormone, leptin, your fullness hormone, and then of course, estrogen and progesterone, your sex hormones and testosterone. Um, and when you eat, okay, and I'll just quickly go into this hormonal havoc. When you eat, um, you're going to increase the secretion from the pancreas of insulin. And when that happens, that will either create a blood sugar regulated response or a dysregulated response, depending on the meal composition. Also, depending on your emotional mental status, because if you are eating in a stress state, it's going to shut down digestion, which is going to cause not only digestive issues like bloat and potentially lead to other more chronic issues like candida and SIBO, but you're, you're affecting two systems right there. You're affecting your hormonal balance and you could be affecting your gut, okay? So what we put in our body is very important. When we put it in our body could actually be even more important. So timing is a big issue, which is why I feel breakfast definitely sets the tone while you're in that heal phase. I'll go over that shortly in a little bit more detail on why starting with breakfast in a certain time frame is going to make the most sense for you. The next piece is inflammation. Okay, so why do these symptoms happen? Inflammation in the body. It could be from eating the wrong foods. It could be over-exercising. It could be not enough sleep. It could be eating too high of insulin-regulating foods, meaning you're causing a lot of blood sugar highs and a lot of blood sugar lows. Um, it could be from additives, food additives, seed oils, uh, food dyes, gums, um, you know, MSG, uh, sugar. Sugar's a big one. Gluten is a big one. Dairy, and especially conventional dairy, is a big one. Um, inflammation from toxins, okay? And we'll talk a little bit about what I mean about toxins uh, in a little bit. And then, of course, there's gut issues, gut imbalances, okay? So, um, Maybe there are some, some, you know, if you're noticing bloat, acne, stomach pains after eating, gas, heartburn, reflux, or if you have other imbalances like SIBO, candida, um, 
and even pathologically ulcerative colitis, colitis, IBDs, IBS, although IBS is a bullshit diagnosis. It's not real. Um, it's just because they couldn't, they didn't get to the root. <laughs> and then of course there's nutrient deficiencies. Okay. Nutrient deficiencies have a lot to do with how your body's going to regulate blood sugar. If you don't have the right nutrients coming in, you can't create the right enzymatic processes for the body to actually function. It's going to break th it's going to break things down. It's going to cause intense cravings, it's going to cause low energy, it's going to cause um erratic uh appetite. It's uh it's going to cause a lot of things. It's going to cause like I said low low stomach acid. You need certain salts in the body and minerals to help create stomach acid and, and, and including bile, which comes from the gallbladder. Technically it's stored in the gallbladder comes from the liver, which helps emulsify fat. So this again, goes back to the digestive pieces. If you're noticing any fatty stools along with all your symptoms, or if you're noticing looser stools, or you're noticing when you eat higher fat foods, even if they're healthy fats, um, your stomach hurts or things just slow down in the system. And, you know, obviously constipation, diarrhea, those are other signs that um, some, some work needs to be done. So breakfast can help break this cycle. Okay. Why? Because it's going to support blood sugar balance and blood sugar balance is bi-directional with hormones, with inflammation, with gut issues, with nutrient deficiencies. It is bi-directional relationship. Okay. And so, um, if you can regulate blood sugar first thing in the morning, you're going to have a smoother day. You're going to set the tone in a way that you're not currently setting the tone. Coffee before breakfast. Okay. So I already touched on this quite a bit and it really just depends in my opinion on the state of your adrenals. So if you are dealing with high cortisol issues and high cortisol could just be, you feel erratic in the morning. Um, you have racing heart, um, in the morning, maybe, um, you know, anxiety is a big one. First thing, if you feel like you come out of the bed and you already have a lot of anxiety happening, then that could be related to high cortisol. If you can't lose weight, more than likely cortisol is involved. Low cortisol as well. So if you're, so that's in stage one. Stage one adrenal fatigue is that overstimulated, okay? Um, and then if you get to that stage three is that burnout collapse stage where your alarm goes off and you could, A, you probably don't even hear your alarm or B, you you hit it about 20 times. You're so flipping tired, you can't even drag yourself out of bed. So you have high cortisol overstimulated and you have in the tank low cortisol. And then of course there's a phase two, which is kind of in between where you kind of bounce in between that high and low state. Um, these are signs that caffeine is probably not a good idea. But if you need something, um, you could swap out to matcha which has a different effect on the adrenals. Still, you want to be careful, though. You're not over-caffeinating yourself. And so, you know, again, it depends on where you are. And this is why, you know, when I see, and I probably said this on social media before, too, is, you know, drink coffee after breakfast because the general population, it would probably support the general population. I would say most people are walking around overstimulated <laughs> in general. Um, and so you want, you know, coffee is a stimulant. So coffee is going to further dysregulate cortisol, whether you're high or low, you want cortisol to kind of live in a nice hockey stick, high in the morning, low in the evening kind of trajectory to help with the get up and go and to help with easy falling asleep, staying asleep and having restful sleep. If your cortisol is erratic throughout the day, it's going to be erratic throughout the night, which is absolutely going to cause that two to 4 a.m. wake up tossing and turning. And just overall, even if you do sleep for eight hours, you don't wake up feeling super refreshed or your, your energy dips pretty quickly after the morning. So, um, that's why I find coffee to be very 
um, you know, individualized, but also for the most part, I would say do it after. Now, if you are going to do coffee at the minimum, add some MCT oil, if you can tolerate, uh, add some protein collagen or some maybe, you know, um, like further food has a few options. They have a a collagen that's no flavor. They have like a, a chocolate one with reishi. Be careful with mushrooms, um, adaptogens. You want to make sure you're doing the right adaptogens for your state of adrenal health. Um, and, and if you can, a lower caffeinated, like a lighter roast type coffee. Okay. Just know that coffee does have toxins in them. A lot of times coffee can be, can have mold, especially non-organic coffee. So that goes back to the inflammation pedal. Um, you know, if we're, if we're eating things or drinking things that have inflammation, that have toxins in them, it's going to affect blood sugar balance. It's going to affect your hormonal receptors and it's going to cause all of those symptoms I already kind of went over. Um, the other thing about cortisol that I want to mention is why it's so important to, to eat breakfast, um, especially that one to two hours as you wake up. Like I said, if you're dealing with dysregulated cortisol or that dawn phenomenon where cortisol is just naturally higher in the morning, cortisol's job is to give you energy, but it's got to get energy from glucose sources, stored glucose sources. It's, its preference is stealing glucose out of the muscles. And as we age, and especially if you're on a weight loss journey, you want a good amount of lean muscle mass on the body. It's going to help you burn more calories. It's going to keep your metabolism firing higher. It's going to keep your body temperature regulated so your feet don't freeze or you don't get overly hot. Um, and it's going to just physically make you look better, right? Who doesn't like to feel toned and tight? And so if you let cortisol eat away at your muscles first thing in the morning, and if you're drinking coffee before breakfast or not even even, even having breakfast, then you are aiding in the process of muscle wasting. So eating something with a little bit of protein first thing in the morning, got to remember your muscles are built out of amino acids. That's the, the tiniest molecule of protein. You got protein, then the protein breaks down into peptides, and then peptides break down into amino acids. When you eat protein, um, first of all, it's just going to help with just hunger in general, but those protein molecules are going are gonna to break into amino acids. Those amino acids circling the bloodstream will help with uh, reducing that cortisol curve, that spike. Okay, so to finish this podcast episode up, let's go over some tips here, help you out. So you want your breakfast to have three main components, three main, main components. The fourth component is optional and it's really not needed um, unless there is a specific reason to, and I'll explain that. So fat, fiber, protein. If you've been around long enough, you know this is my mantra. Healthy fats, avocados, potentially nuts if you can tolerate them, ghee, grass-fed butter, coconut oil, um, what am I missing? Omega-3 fatties. Uh, so we're talking like chia seeds, which would be gold standard because it's an anti-inflammatory fat. Um, these are all things that are going to help with just inflammation in general, setting that tone for anti-inflammatory environment. It's going to help with hormonal production. Why? Because all hormones are created from cholesterol. And I will do an episode on cholesterol. I've been wanting to do it. I just need to get my shit together and um, put an outline so that I can soundly speak to it for you guys and make it impactful. But no, uh, food cholesterol does not impact body cholesterol. It's, it's definitely, there's a lot of studies out there that are showing that bad cholesterol is actually coming more from inflammation and an over carbohydrate diet, not, uh, not because of eggs, not because of grass fed meat. Um, so again, we'll share that a different day, but omega-3s are great. So fat, healthy fats, and then fiber. 
Okay. That fiber component fiber is going to help with just bulking your stool. It's going to help with cleaning out the colon. It's going to help with just that motility, your body's ability to move the stool throughout the body. So that GI balance, it's also going to help with the toxification. Okay. So your body is going to create hormones. Your body's going to get in contact with toxins, pathogens. I mean, your digestive system is the first line of defense in many ways outside your skin for toxins, pathogens, bacteria. So you want a healthy digestive system. You want to be pooping every single day, multiple times a day, ideally, not diarrhea. And you want to feel like your, your system's moving. You want brown poop, solid, easy to come out, snake-like. You want it to be just the perfect gold standard poop every single day, okay? Um, and that detox is going to help with those excess estrogens to leave the system. So if you're 30, 35 plus years old, you should be considering your estrogen status. Unfortunately, as we hit 30, progesterone and estrogen starts to dip. Progesterone tends to dip faster than estrogen, creating an estrogen-dominant environment. And if you layer stress on top of that, unfortunately, cortisol steals the precursor hormone that creates progesterone, which will decrease your progesterone even faster, creating an even greater estrogen to progesterone ratio. This is that hormonal belly we see often, where that mom pooch just never wants to go away. Likely, it's related to cortisol and estrogen issues. Okay, which are all rooted in blood sugar. And then number three, protein. Okay, protein is going to support that muscle growth, synthesis, repair. It's going to help with satiety. It's going to help make sure that your uh, that cortisol doesn't go and attack the muscles. That it has enough protein in the body to build and maintain at the very minimum. Maintain. Shooting for you know about a gram of protein per ideal body weight. So if you are two hundred pounds and you want to weigh one hundred and eighty. You want to shoot for 180. Now, if you're only eating 40 to 60, which is pretty common, maybe 80, pretty common. You don't want to just try to go ham and eat 180 grams. It's going to be hard on the digestive system. You want to eat your way, inch your way up. Start with adding maybe 10 to 20 more grams of protein a day. Um, give yourself time and, and make your way up to the protein goals. Uh, and obviously pay heed. You want that digestive system to be working properly. You need the proper amount of stomach acid or it doesn't matter how much protein you're eating for body can't break it down and utilize it. And then third and final, which everyone's curious about is carbs. Can I eat carbs for breakfast? Well, it just depends. I view carbs as a tool. Okay. It's a tool. Why? Because carbs break down very quickly into the bloodstream. And so you're going to get in a, a boost of energy very quickly. Now, if you're just going to sit at your desk or drive to the office for 45 minutes, you don't need that extra energy in the morning. You can wait until the, you know, the carbohydrates from the vegetables and the fiber break down. You're going to wait until the amino acids in your protein break down. The fats are last to break down. And so all of them will have an effect on insulin release. But fats have the least amount, proteins have the next amount, and then obviously carbohydrates have the biggest effect on insulin release. So if you are going to have any type of carbs in the morning, I would go for low glycemic, okay? What I mean by low glycemic, <clears throat> you can look up online low glycemic foods. I like to look at low glycemic load as opposed to index, but index works as well. So things like um, berries, berries are a good option um, green apples and half a green apple may suffice it. Um, fruit in general. Okay. Maybe not pineapple or banana, but something lower glycemic. If you're used to eating toast in the morning and you always use two pieces of bread, consider moving down to one piece. Can you, um, can you make sure you're eating the highest quality bread? Um, um, if you are used to eating bagels or having pastry, um, those are, those are a no, no. 
Unfortunately, those don't fly if you are in the heal phase and you're truly having issues and you want those issues to be gone. So low glycemic, okay? And the reason for that is you want to keep your leptin. Leptin is your fullness hormone, okay? We have a bunch of hormones going on right now. You want to keep leptin and insulin at bay. The higher the carbs in the morning, the um, more dysregulated your leptin, leptin's on a 24-hour clock, okay? We want to keep leptin relatively low um, and it eventually goes high in the evening so that you don't get hungry during the night, right? But if you overstimulate leptin early on, it's going to throw itself out of balance. This is one reason why we get cravings after dinner. Our leptin response is off. And you want to keep, like I said, insulin low because if insulin goes high first thing in the morning, you're going to get yourself on the blood, blood sugar roller coaster and you're going to feel all over the place all day long. Within one to two hours is, is kind of the gold standard. Some people might say within 30 minutes. I find that could be a little aggressive, um, but you do you, boo. Two hours max. Now, with that said, you might wait two hours and say, well, Jess, you said two hours and you know I'm not feeling any better. Well, okay, first of all, test how you feel. If waiting two hours and, and you feel like the anxiety is just all over the place, then maybe you need to pull it in. Maybe it needs to be within 30 minutes. And breakfast doesn't have to be huge. It doesn't have to be a gold star, huge plate of food. It could be fat, fiber, and protein in the in the smallest bit. It could be a handful of nuts. It could be, you know, a couple pieces of broccoli. It could be um, maybe um, two eggs, right? Two eggs, by the way, is not enough protein to start your day. But if you're not eating any protein, I'd rather you start there than, than not eat anything. You know, adding collagen to your matcha or your coffee after you eat is going to increase your protein intake as well, okay? And so that's, for the most part, all I wanted to mention. So let's do a quick recap, okay? So is breakfast important? I think by now you can tell it's not just important, it's critical. It's critical to balance the blood sugar, which is at the base of all hormones. Blood sugar is directly and correlated to inflammation, gut issues and imbalances, nutrient deficiencies, and of course, hormones. And one of the biggest reasons why these symptoms are happening is due to stress, both mental stress, okay, the rumination, the unmanaged mental stress, and the physiological stressors. We talked mostly about physiological stressors in this episode, hormones, inflammation, gut issues, nutrient deficiencies, okay? Breakfast can help break the cycle. It's going to break the cycle because it's going to help support blood sugar balance earlier in the day. It's going to set the tone. It's going to also reset those hormones, insulin, cortisol, ghrelin, leptin, estrogen levels, and just a quick little... Uh, tidbit, high levels of insulin can unfortunately turn testosterone and flip it into estrogen. So we heard a little bit about estrogen dominance. You're really creating a problem with your sex hormones if your insulin is out of whack. Okay. Um, and then you layer hormonal birth control on top of that. And then it's even more of a shitstorm. Um, and then at the end of the day, you know, you want to shoot for breakfast within one to two hours, fat, fiber, protein, get those healthy omega-3 fats if you can, healthy fats, fiber, organic if you can, quality protein. It's one thing I forgot to mention. Clean quality protein, organic, grass-fed. Try your best to stay away from conventional because conventional, unfortunately, can have higher levels of toxin in the animal fat tissue. Um, also, many of those animals are grain-fed, which is going to throw the balance of omega-3 to 6s, more of 6s than 3s, which is more inflammatory to the body, pro-inflammatory to the body. So conventionally is something we want to stay away from as most. Know that if you go out to eat, more than likely, unless you're eating at, I don't know, Mendocino Farms, you're probably eating conventionally raised beef and conventionally raised chicken and, and pork, and you're probably not eating organic vegetables. So you may be thinking you're eating really healthy, but maybe if you're eating out a lot, 
you got to understand you're being exposed to things that are at the very base are causing more inflammation in the body, which are going to, it's going to indirectly dysregulate your blood sugar. So it's, it's basically fighting against yourself. I hope that was helpful. Um, I think I made my case. <laughs> if you are looking for more support at, um, you know, just overall optimizing your body, supporting pre-diabetes, supporting these autoimmune disorders, supporting just in general, feeling better in your body, lose weight the right way um, through optimizing those foundations and systems within the body, then I am your girl. Come over to um, Instagram at Body Empowered and send me a message. Let's chat. Let's see if you would be the right fit for my support and programs. Otherwise, you can find my email in the show notes and you can send me a note there. Um, before you leave, rate the podcast. Let me know how I'm doing. Every time you guys rate the podcast, it just helps. It uh, helps me know I'm on the right track. It helps others find me. Um, share the podcast is another great way to help expand my reach. Without you guys, this podcast would be nothing. I hope you have an incredible day and I will see you in the next episode. Take care.